Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Hey guys, thank you so much. I am so glad to be here. You guys take a seat, take a seat. I am so, so glad, so thankful to be here in this place here today. I was, I was sitting back, just, just backstage here just, just a second ago, listening to the last song. Um, and I, I, I was brought back to so many moments with so many of, of you here in, in this place. Um, and, and I just want you to know how grateful and how thankful that I am in my own life for a group of people who put Jesus first above everything else. And, and the reason why I, I get to be here and the reason why I, I, I get to, to have the opportunity even preach and speak to you guys is because of the sacrifice of, of a few people who put Jesus first at the front and the beginning of their life. And, and I know that, that some of you guys, maybe you haven't been here for very long. And here's what I want you to know. From the bottom of my heart, whenever you step foot into this place, when you step foot into this group of people, you are entering into a family. Uh, a family of, of people who, who will love you and care for you and, and put you above their own needs because, because they put Jesus first. And because they lay down their lives and sacrifice their own life for Jesus. And, and, and if, you, if you haven't found this out or if nobody's ever told you, here's something else I want you to know. The Pastor Terrell, every single morning at, at 5 a.m., he's waking up and he's praying for every one of you guys. And he's praying for your family. He's praying that God would bless your life. And he's praying that God would do above and abundantly more than anything you could seek or ask for in your life. And that, that God would do that through you and that he would be present in your life. And so I, I just want you guys to know that here, that you have stepped foot into freedom family here in this place. And I'm so, so thankful and so glad that I get to be here this morning and get to talk to you guys because this, this is so, so good for me. I, we, my wife and I, we spent 10 years here and, and I am who I am because of, of this place and because of, of my friends and my family here and because we got to come together and serve Jesus together. And so this is so good for me. This is such a, a, a uh, just an honor to be able to come here and talk to you guys here this morning. Here's, here's something else really cool. Um, July 4th, right? We're celebrating the freedoms that we have. We are at Freedom Church. And so today I'm going to talk about freedom, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's, 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 something, here's something that's amazing. Here's something that we get to, to experience. And I know we're celebrating today the sacrifice of people who fought, who had an idea, who dreamed for a day and dreamed for days like this that we could live in where we could experience the, the taste of freedom. Uh, and that's, that's what they fought for and what they died for. But here's what I know. There is a freedom that is even beyond the freedoms that we experience here in this, in this country. There is a deeper freedom that only Jesus Christ can offer. There, there is a, a true, deep, spiritual freedom that God wants for your life that goes beyond anything that you could ever get to, anything that you could ever gain, any, any place that you could ever be born on your own, right? There is a freedom that Jesus Christ offers that he wants you to experience, and that is what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to read out of the book of John chapter 8, verse 31. It says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide 
in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I, I love the way that Jesus begins to speak to those. Now, here's, here's what's going on in this, in this room, in this, in this crowd that Jesus is speaking to. Jesus has, has been performing miracles. He has been setting people free. The words that he spoke were disruptive, and they were, they were pure. Nobody had ever heard anything like the things that Jesus was saying. Nobody had ever experienced the kind of full life that Jesus came and offered. And, and coming into the presence of Jesus, encountering him is life-changing. And the second that these people, that they, they saw Jesus, they heard his words, they experienced something with him, their lives were changed. They, they couldn't help it. He, he, was, he was just full, overflowing with life and freedom and, and just this, this, this just pure joy and love that just flowed out of him. And then he spoke the truth and people had never encountered somebody like Jesus before. And so there were crowds that were flocking to him. They, they, like Jesus couldn't get away from the crowds. Then people just wanted to be around Jesus. They just wanted to be in his presence. They, they just wanted to be close to him. People were just trying to push their way through the crowds just so they could touch him, so they could experience healing and life like he had. They just wanted to hear his words so their life could be changed. I mean, there was nothing like this that had ever happened and ever has happened since. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, entered into the world and the life that he had flowed through him. And So people's lives are being changed. And people are coming to believe that he is who he says that he is. And he made some really bold, audacious claims that were really shaking things up for some people, right? And he said, I am the Son of God. He came and, and, and like was, was showing, revealing the nature of God to all of those who were around him, right? And to all humanity. And so there are this group of people that are coming to believe that he is who he says he is. And so he's speaking to these people, saying that Jesus said to all the Jews, who had begun to believe that he was who he says he was. And he says, here's, here's the next step. So here's, there's the beginning, all right? This, this is, Jesus is offering life. He's offering a new way. He's telling these people a new way to live and how to find true, real freedom. And he says, to those who had begun to believe, who had already started and took the step to say, I believe you are who you say you are. He says, if you abide in my word, you will be my Disciple. You truly are my disciple. And he makes this distinction because so many times we think that the goal of, of being a good person or coming to church or being a good American or whatever it is, that, that we should be good Christians, right? That we should attend church and we should do all these things, which are good stuff. But, but Jesus, he clarifies something for all of us. He, he clarifies what we are actually to be. He, he clarifies the, the, the name that we have, right? And it's, it's deeper. He says, you will be my disciples. And what, what this means, this is, this is so much more clear. It's, it's terrifying, to be honest, because this word has so much clarity. He's saying, he's saying the goal for you is not to be a good Christian, not just to you know, do good things, but to be my disciple, to be my friend follower, to do as I do, say as I say, to, to follow him. That's, that's what disciple means, to actually follow him in every day. And he says, this is how you become my disciple. This is how you have my name written on you. This is how everybody, when they look at you, they will know you are mine, right? You be my disciple if you abide 
in my word. If you live in my word. I love that word abide because it literally means to, to, to live, to, to, to stay, to remain in. And what he's saying is if you, if you live and you find your source of life, in my word. And it's, it's more than just his, his written or spoken word. This is, this is what John said a few chapters before this. In the beginning of his gospel, he wrote that in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. And nothing that was created was created apart from him. G- John made the distinction that the word of God is Jesus. And so what Jesus was saying is, if you abide in me, then you will be my follower. You will know me. And then, then he says this, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, this is not some kind of intellectual knowledge that we can attain or get to or something like that. That's not what Jesus was saying. See, just a few chapters later, John also writes he, in G, that Jesus' words, that this is what he said in John chapter 10. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except for me. Jesus is the truth. This is not some kind of knowledge that we can get to or something like that. That's not what Jesus was talking about. He was saying, you will know me and I will set you free, truly free. This, this life that Jesus is offering is something so much greater, so much deeper than anything that we have experienced on our own by the work of our own hands. And so that is the freedom, and that is what I want to dive into and talk about today. So here's a question for you. What does freedom look like? What, what, what does it look like to you? Well, if, if you could imagine for a moment a, a life of, of true freedom, what would that be? Now, I've got three sons. I've got an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and an 18-month-old. And we are in the middle right now of summer. The kids are out of school. And, and I just, I, I remember and I love experiencing and seeing the joy on my kids' faces, the joy of summer and the freedom that comes with it, right? So, so take yourself back to there for a minute. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe, you know, uh, maybe you see in your kids, your grandkids experiencing this. But think about this. For just a moment, the freedom that we experience, you know, that a child experiences in, in, in summer. All of a sudden, one day, school ends and they can get to do whatever they want to do, right? <laughs> like, it is pure freedom. And I love thinking about when I was a kid, about, about summertime, just the joy of summertime. And my kids, they love going to swim and they love going to the lake and going for boat rides and love going camping and and just getting to do what they want to do, right? And and now, and I know this this is this was like one of the hardest things for me as as an adult, like becoming an adult. The, the brutal reality that summer is no longer a time of freedom. It's awful unless you're a teacher, which Thankful for all the teachers. You know, you guys are great, but I'm, I'm, I'm really envious at times that, you know, that, that, that summer is like, I don't nothing changes. You still got to work. You still got to do all the things. Like, it's not a season of true freedom anymore, right? But, but here's, here's, what I, here's what the point I'm making, right? Freedom in the way that we think of it. And the, the, the life that we think of as a, a free life could be boiled down to this. We get to do what we want to do. <laughs> and, and that looks different for you, and it looks different for me, right? right? For some of you, it might be the vacation. And you think like, hey, if, if a, a day of freedom just looks like a day where you don't have responsibilities and you can just sit back, 
relax, do what you want to do. That week that you're looking forward to of going and sitting on the beach and nobody's bothering you and nobody's doing anything. Maybe, maybe you're longing for the day where, where you can finally retire and you can say, all right, I'm done. Y'all have fun, but I'm going to go on the road. My family, we're going to have fun. I am looking forward to that day, right? Maybe, maybe freedom for you looks like a, a, a particular occupation or job. And the one you're in feels really stuck right now, but, but you're, you're looking forward and working towards that day whenever you can, you can finally step into that one and say, all right, when I get to this place, I can have a little bit of freedom. Maybe that is a, 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 a financial status for you. Like, if, if I could just, if I could make that much, then I know that things would be so much easier, so much more simple, and I, I, could, be, I could be more free. I would feel more free if I could have a little bit more time. If, if, I, could, if I could just, if I could get to that place. Maybe it's a relationship. And, and if you feel alone and, and there's, there's all of this stuff, but you think, if I could just have that relationship that I, I truly desire, then I know, I know that I, I would experience some freedom in my life. I know that I would feel more free and I would feel more alive in my life. But I don't know if you see a, a, a connection here with all of this, but, but for every single one of us, we all have something that we could picture in our own life where we would say, all right, this would look like freedom for me in my life. This, this, is, this is the life that I would love to be able to experience in my life. And, and here's the deal. <laughs> Ours are different. And when somebody messes with my freedom, I'm angry about it. When, when somebody takes something from me that, that I think is something that I really, really want, it, it feels like it messes with my ability to have freedom in my life, and I'm furious, and I'm angry. And isn't that the reason for so many of the conflicts that you have in your life with the friends and the family, the, the people that you don't want to speak to whenever you come into the holiday season? Like, all, all of that, that conflict that you have, isn't, isn't that some of the reason for that, because, because somebody has, has taken something from you. So somebody has, has messed with the idea of the life that you wanted to live, right? We, we want it so bad, but our ideas and our versions of freedom and what that means and, and the versions of truth that we think are true are in conflict with one another. Because it doesn't matter how far you go. It doesn't matter how, how much you, you, you do and you build up your life. Once you get to that place, don't, don't you know, you, you, haven't you experienced this in your life before? You get to the place where you thought you would have freedom and where you would find freedom. And it doesn't look like you thought it would look like. You, you don't feel more alive. You don't feel like you have more time. You don't feel like you have more margin. You, you still feel trapped. And so, so you think, and I, I do this too, when we get to that place where we're like, oh, well, well I, I thought it was there, but things have changed. The world is changing. My life is changing, right? So, so it, I must have been wrong. And, and, and it must be up there. I, I, I must not have been able to find freedom there, but, but it's, it's there. It's, it's in making a little bit more. It's, it's in the next job. It's in the other relationship. It's in getting the other things that I want when I want them. Do you see that it's just this never-ending chase? And no matter how much we gain and no matter how much we build up and no matter what we do in our life, this never works. This, this system is a broken system. And the things that we think will bring us freedom 
they always elude us. And we, we never seem to really be able to truly get there. We never seem to really be able to grab a hold of the life that we actually desperately want to have. See, this is what Jesus is speaking to. Because the things that we think will bring us freedom don't. And Jesus was trying to say to the people who he was speaking to here in this moment, as he, as he says, hey, if you want to know what true freedom looks like, what, what it really looks like to be free, it's only in me. See, that's a disruptive thought. Because we think that we can get there by ourselves. We think that we can, we can gain that kind of life on our own by the work of our own hands. But Jesus is pulling the cloak off and he's saying, look, guys, you've been blind. You, you, you think that, that you're living free, but you're not. And that's actually the exact response that the people who he's talking to give him. And here's, here's what they say in, in verse 33. It says, they answered him. We're offspring of Abraham, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you can say we will become free? Like, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. Jesus, hold on. You know who we are. We're God's chosen people. And, and even in the middle of our bondage, even whenever we were enslaved to Egypt, and even when we were under Babylonian rule, and even now as we're under Roman rule, we are God's people. And we have never really been slaves. We've always been free because God chose us and he saw us and he, he's, he's, he's our God. He's our father. Everybody else, they're outside of God's protection. But we are God's chosen people. What do you mean you will become free? Jesus, are you saying, are you saying that we're not free I don't know if that sounds familiar. I don't know if, if, that, if that rings a bell. As, as I begin to say stuff like this, I begin to talk about freedom. I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know I'm, I'm free. I, I, know, I know what it's like to really live free. <laughs> Jesus is saying, hey, wait. You guys, you guys ought to understand that there is a deeper freedom that I want to offer you, that is beyond what you can see and what you can gain and attain by the works of your own hands. And so Jesus is, 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 is pulling the rug out from underneath the people he's talking to. He's, he's lifting up the veil and saying, all right, this is what's truly going on. Here's what's really happening in your life. And here's what I want to show you that, guys, there is something more. There's that thing that you never seem to be able to grab onto. There's, there's, there's that, that ache inside of every single one of us that we can't seem to fill with anything that we try to grab onto. And there's always another level. There's always another place that, that we're, we're hoping to get to and that we think where we will find a life that we really truly want to live. We always think that there is another level of freedom. But here's what that leads to. Here's, here's, here's what that, that constant constant striving and constant grabbing and trying to gain our own life. We get frustrated. And people do things that, that take away from our ability to be able to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And, and we get angry and it leads to more and desiring more. And, and it's never enough. And no matter how far and no matter how much we get and how much we gain in this life, it, it never is truly enough. And so we try to get more and we get greedy and we try to grab onto everything that we can. And it doesn't matter what relationship you're in. If you're always looking for something else, if, it, if, if it's never good enough, then, then you're always going 
going to be led to the belief that, well, what I'm in right now isn't good enough, and so it must be a different one. The person I'm with now must not have been the one that I really wanted, must not have been the, the, the one that I was supposed to be with. And, and you look around and you see that, oh, well, I really wish that I, really wish that I had his wife. I really wish that, that, you know, my husband, he doesn't say the things that, that I want him to say. So I, I'm going to go and find somebody else who says and tells me the things that I want to say to me. And, and, and we grab and we grasp and we grab a hold of things because we think, we think that if we could get what we want now, then we could experience a taste of freedom. And the very things that we think will bring us freedom, they bring, they lead us into slavery. They, they, they enchain us. They, they bind us. Because here's, here's what it is. And you, you guys know this, and I know this. Every single one of us has experienced something in our life that we thought could bring us to a life that we wanted. And, and when you get there, you realize this is not where I wanted to be. This took me way farther than I wanted to go. This, this led me in a direction that I never wanted to go down. And it was just started with just these simple choices to say, I, I'm going to do what I want to do, right? And, and it doesn't matter what somebody else, nobody can take away from my freedoms, right? I'm, I'm going to get to do what I want to do. But those go in conflict with one another. And, and we can't all have our own version of the truth. And what Jesus was saying to the people who were listening to him, and I believe he would say to every single one of us, is there is one truth, and it's him. It's, it is only him. Here's what he said in response to them in verse 34. It says, Jesus answered them, truly, I say to you, everyone, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. To which I want to say, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, but, but not always, right? Not, not every time. Right? I mean, I mean, like, what's, what's classified as, as a sin? Can I, can I get away with, like, just a little bit of it? <laughs> Jesus is everyone. Everyone who practices sin. Everyone, like, any little thing is, is a slave to sin. Here's, here's something that is so hard, and it's so hard for us, us to, to hear. It's disruptive. It messes with our idea of what freedom looks like, with what our life should look like. <laughs> the truth is the truth no matter what. And what, if what Jesus is saying is the truth that will set us free, if his life is the life that will truly lead to a life of freedom, then here's where we have to begin. That we are all sinners. <laughs> that, that we have these things in our life, these moments where, where we have took the wrong path, we have made the wrong choices. And it fills us with shame and regret, regret, and we wish we could go back and do it. But the, here's the truth, that those things are the things that cause us to be in bondage. And the very reasons why we don't truly experience freedom in this life. And so Jesus says, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now here's what gives power to this statement, to, to this, this moment, this thing that Jesus has just said. The people listening to him in this moment, 
they have just witnessed, they have just seen and experienced exactly in utter clarity what Jesus was saying. They have just witnessed someone's life being set free. Because in moments before, Jesus makes this declaration that whoever the Son sets free, here is the story, here is the backstory of what had just happened. See, Jesus had been upsetting some people because of the words that he'd been saying, because of the truth that he'd been saying, because of his actions. He had really ticked some people off. And, and apparently he had ticked the wrong people off. He, he, he had upset the religious leaders, the, the people who, who were supposed to be the ones who, who brought God's word to the rest of the people, who were supposed to be the ones who were the example for the rest of the people. Jesus's words and his actions had upset them because they had a way of doing things that worked for them. And they taught everybody, if you follow all of the rules, if, if you do every single thing right, then you could go gain God's favor, and God will forgive you. But, but they, they had set the bar so high, and they had claimed to say that they were living up to that standard, and that they had made the bar so high that nobody, they put these unrealistic expectations on everybody. And, and here's, here's the, the worst part about it, the, the things that they were saying, all of the, the, the laws that they were trying to keep, they were true. They were real. It, it was, it was, it was, it was, they were doing their best. But Jesus came and it was just so disruptive because now all of a sudden God was the God who, who gave them all of these commandments and all of these laws. Now he himself, the son of God, the one who was with God in the very beginning, was now with them and he was revealing to them, hey, you got it all wrong, guys. And they hated it. They wanted to be the ones that were right. They wanted to be the ones that had all the answers. And so it upset them. And so they began to try to find a way to trap Jesus in his own words. Get to, to a place where he would do or say something where they could finally point it out and say, yeah, see, I got you. You're not who you said you were. You're, 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 not, you're not really the son of God. See, you're, you're wrong. And they wanted to get him to a place where they could finally trap him. And so, so they, they find this woman who it is unmistakable about all of the things that she had done. Because see, Jesus had been going around and he had been offering life and freedom to people who they had condemned. People who they had said weren't good enough. Right? And so they find somebody, they're like, all right, well, Jesus can't dispute this one. We're going to set it up perfectly so he can't escape out of this one. So they find a woman who was unmistakable that she had lived a life of sin. They, she had chosen this path, that she had been going down it so far and so long that there was no mistaking from anybody who could see this woman that she must have been a sinner, that, that she was too far gone, that she couldn't be forgiven, that, that, that she definitely was outside of God's forgiveness and protection. So they find a prostitute. And, and not only do they find this woman, but they actually set her up and catch her in the act and drag her out of what she had been doing. Drag her out of the middle of sin, of committing adultery. Drag her, probably naked. It's no doubt in anybody's mind exactly what's been going on in this woman's life. They drag her out in front of Jesus and they throw her at his feet. And they say, all right, Jesus, <laughs> the law says, he says, teacher, this woman has been caught. You, you can't dispute it, Jesus. This woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? 
Jesus, this is unmistakable. This is what the law commands. This is what we are supposed to do. They've got him. Because if he says, he says, no, don't stone her, then, then they're like, well, he's breaking the law. But if, if, they, if he says, yeah, that is what the law says, so do it, then they've got him. And say, you see, he wasn't as compassionate. He wasn't as filled with love as we thought that he was. What do you say, Jesus? They know that they have him. <laughs> Jesus, standing there in front of all these people, he stoops down on the ground and starts writing in the dirt. He doesn't even acknowledge them. And so they get more persistent. Teacher, what do you say? They're demanding an answer. And so finally, finally Jesus step, stands up and looks at them in the eyes. And he says, okay. He doesn't dispute the fact that they were exactly right. Like, yeah, that is what the law says. Yeah, but let him who is without sin among you, cast the first stone at her. All right? <laughs> yes, the law says stoner. But if you think that you're so good, if you, if, you, if you think that you are righteous enough to be the one to begin this act, to kill this woman, and throw the first stone. And one by one, they start dropping their stones. Starting with the oldest all the way down to the youngest, they walk off. And Jesus made it clear in that moment that it didn't matter how righteous somebody looks. It didn't matter how, how, how high they elevated themselves and how well they thought of themselves and how well they kept all of the things that they were supposed to keep and how much they gave and how much they served and all of the things they did, that everyone is a sinner. That every single person, this is, this is the beginning of the truth that we have to understand. This is the, the, the bottom thing that we have to understand about our own lives. If we will ever want to taste the freedom that Jesus offers. That we have all sinned. That we are born into slavery. And we are born into this fallen and broken world. And you can't escape it. I can't escape it. That there's no matter, nothing you can do to run away from the fact that you have sinned and you've messed up. And you have, you have really messed up the relationship that God wants to have with you. Every single one of us has. We have done things that, that, are, that we're ashamed of, that we regret, that we wish we could take back. We have turned our back on God so many times. We, are spitting, we have spit in his face. We, we, have, we have said, I don't, I don't even believe that there's a God. We've turned our back on him so over and over and over and over, we have all sin. This is the, the base, bottom level that we have to understand about all of humanity. That we are not born good. That our hearts are, are, are deceitful. And left to our own, left, left to our, our, our own works and our own strength, we will fail every time. There's nothing you can do to be good enough. There's, it doesn't matter how long you, you, you've went and you think that, oh, I'm, I'm finally rid of that. I, I, don't, I don't have to go back to that anymore. Eventually, at some point, at some point, you're going to mess up again. And I know that that's depressing and I know that's, 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 that's hard to hear, but that's what we need to hear. Because if we, don't, if we don't believe that first before anything else, that we are all sinners and that our sin leads to death and our sin has separated us from God, then, then everything else is a lie. And we'll believe somewhere along the way that we can be good on our own, that humanity is okay, and that we don't need Jesus. But we do. 
And so Jesus, now, after after telling all of these people and declaring once and for all, all right, it doesn't matter how righteous you think you are, it doesn't matter how righteous you make yourself look, or all, all of the things that you do, it doesn't amount to anything. Everyone, we are all sinners. And as they dropped their stones one by one and walked off, he now looks at the woman who is laying here on the ground. Could you imagine the shame that she is feeling in this moment? Could imagine that she's, she's, she's ready for this first stone, She's, 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 she can't even lift her eyes because she knows. She knows that she's condemned. She knows that that, that, that is what has been true and this is what the loss is. And she, she knows that this is the truth. And Jesus looks at her and he says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And as she looks up and looks around to see that her accusers are gone, she says, no. Could you imagine the freedom, the joy, and the relief as she looks up to see that there are no rocks hurling at her? They're laying on the ground, and her accusers are gone. No one, Lord, nobody has condemned me. Nobody has accused me. And the only one who could have, the only one who was without sin, was standing in front of her. And he looks at her, and he says, Neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. And so as Jesus looks at the crowd after having witnessed this moment, they had seen the sun set someone free. Someone who was enslaved to their sin, who, who nobody would have doubted was, was too far gone. <laughs> they had watched They had watched in awe and pure joy as he declared once and for all, I don't condemn you. Now go and sin no more. Go and leave your life of sin. You don't have to be enslaved to it anymore. Not because you could ever get there by yourself, but because the Son has set you free. Because you couldn't free yourself, but whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And the Son set her free. And the Son wants to set you free too. The Son wants to set you free from the bondage that you've been enslaved to all of your life. I want to read out of the book of Romans in chapter 8. And this is what it says. It says, and you, because you belong to him. I love the way that starts. That verse starts, and because you belong to him. You don't belong to your sin anymore. You don't belong to your shame. You don't belong to your regret. You don't belong to your failures or the things that you have done in the past. You don't belong to that anymore. You don't belong to anybody else. But if you have placed your trust in Jesus Christ and you've declared that you believe in him, that he is the son of God, you belong to him. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You no longer are under its hold. Then it says, it says the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. And so God did what the law could not do. See, there is a power that is greater than the power that holds you in bondage. There there is a, a power that has power over even death sin, hell, and the grave that goes beyond and wants to offer you life 
forever wants to offer you a life of freedom that you can experience now in this moment where you will no longer be held by the bondage of sin, by the bondage of shame and regret of all of the things that you have done, where you can actually experience true freedom in this life. And it begins and it ends with Jesus. It is only through the power of Jesus Christ that you will ever be set free. And that is the truth. That is the truth about your life. The truth is Jesus and that he is the only way to true, real, everlasting life. And we can't get there on our own. We will always fail over and over and over again. But because of the power that has set you free, you no longer are held slave to the bondage of sin. He says he sent his own son in a body like we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And then in verse 15, it says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Can somebody say amen about that? You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. You don't have to be controlled by fear any longer. The spirit that God has unleashed on you and wants to offer every one of you, it does not make you a fearful slave. But in Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. The most freeing thing that you will ever know in your life, the most freeing life that you will ever experience is knowing that you are not alone and that God, the God of the universe who created everything, the one who formed you in your mother's womb, who breathed the breath of life into you, the one who sees and knows all things, who is over all, who has the power over sin, hell, and death, he saw you and chose you and now you have been adopted as one of his children and you can look to him and you can cry out, Abba, Father, God, you are great, you are mighty, you are are God Almighty, but you are also my daddy, my intimate father, my kind, loving father, and you rescued me from what I could not rescue myself from. You give, gave me a life that I could not give, get on my own. You gave it to me freely, and your son came and paid the price so that I did not have to, and you have set me free. And I want you guys to know, yeah, amen. Jesus Christ has set you free. And I just want you to know, if, if you're stuck and you feel like no matter what you do, you just can't, you can't grab a hold of the life that you want. If you, you look around and you, you're so hopeless and in despair at seeing the way that the world is and you just don't know what to do. You don't know which path to take. Here's the path. Here's the truth that will lead you to freedom. Jesus is the way. Abide in him. Keep your eyes on him. He wants to set you free. And if you've never tasted that life, you can have it. That is the most joyous, unbelievable proclamation that I will ever make in my life. You can be free. Jesus Christ has set you free. All you have to do is accept what he has already done for you. If you guys bow your heads with me. Father, I'm... I'm, um, I'm in awe of you and that you, you have made a way for us. That you have rescued us out of the, the bondage that we were born into, that we chose, that we have committed against you over and over, that you saw us in the middle of our sin. 
Every single one of us in the middle of our despair and in the middle of our brokenness, in the middle of our shame, where we were enslaved. And you said, that's not good enough. And you made a way for us that you offer freedom through your son, Jesus. Father, I pray if there's anybody in here who is trying to do it on their own, who's who's trying in their own strength to make a way for themselves that you would encounter them today. They would have an experience with you and they would trust you with their life. Because we know, we know that this is what freedom is. We know that this is what true life is, to know you and to know the one that you sent. To know your son, Jesus Christ, is life. It's our breath in our lungs. It's the beat in our heart. If we don't have you, we have nothing. Thank you for adopting us as your children, for choosing us when we didn't choose you. Jesus, I pray for the courage of those in here to surrender their life to you today who never have. I pray for those who, who, who have, have, have found themselves stuck back in sin again, who have tried to, to go back their own way and they know you. But Father, I pray for the strength for them to turn back to you. I pray for the strength of repentance to come back to you and to say, Jesus, Jesus, would you forgive me? Jesus, I have done wrong. Would you forgive me? And his answer is yes. Thank you, Jesus, that you have forgiven us and that you offer us life. We love you. We praise you. It's in your name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed today's service. I just wanted to kind of wrap up and give you guys some next steps. If you have given your life to Christ today, that's awesome, and we want to know about it. Um, If you are watching online or on the app, we have a little hamburger icon you can click on, and it'll take you to the connection card, and you can just mark that for us. And if you're on Facebook, if you go to the description, you can find a link, and it'll take you to the connection card. While you're there, you might see some other next steps. If you're interested in any of those next steps, just mark that too, and um, we'll get that, and we'll be more than happy to work with you about your walk with Christ and what um, is going to happen after today. We're going to move into a time of giving. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. If you are on the app or the website, you can just go to that same um, icon and click the link to give, and if you're on Facebook, you can go to the link in the description. Um, And if you would like to send in your tithe, you can do that. We'll have the address to the church right here on the screen, and we'll get that safe and secure. We hope you guys have a great day, and peace out.